Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 91, low milk supply after first period. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey friend, how are you? How is your day going? It is nap time for baby, which means that it's podcast recording time for me. (laughs) I love it when the stars align, when I have all my notes ready to record a podcast episode and the house is quiet, and baby is down for a nap. It's not very often that all three of those things line up, so I really try and have at least two episodes ready to go, all my notes ready to go for recording, so that when it does happen, I can hurry and record, because I'm all about batch working. So right now my laptop is on Do Not Disturb, my phone, my watch are all on do not disturb. Is that not your favorite setting on your phone? If you have an iPhone, you know what I'm talking about. The little moon button that you can click so that you don't get interrupted because oh, even if I am not recording a podcast, if I am just in the middle of doing something, doesn't it just throw you off so bad to have like texts coming in, especially if you're part of like a group text or phone calls and it just totally throws you off. And then you're trying to pick up again where you left off. So I love the do not disturb button. Although I will say there's been a couple of times where I've gone to like have some cranial sacral therapy for my hip or a massage and, um, I have it on the do not disturb, but my, um, my alarms will still go off. So I have reminders for everything. I have reminders for when it's time to pick up my son from kindergarten. I have one alarm set for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then another set for Friday. Cause that's early out. I have alarm set for when it's time to take my daughters to their after school activities. Um, I just have alarm set for everything. So sometimes those still go off, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I just do the best I can. So anyway, thank you for being here, listening to this podcast episode today. I'm so happy that this podcast is continuing to grow and that you are loving the information that is being put out. And did you know that if you love a podcast, the best way that you can give a tiny little thank you to that podcast host without even having to spend one dime is to just leave them a review in Apple podcast. And so that's what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> Would you just take two minutes and leave a review for this podcast in Apple And that really helps out me and it helps other families to find this podcast and this information that will help them and their family as well. I do want to start this particular episode with reading you a review, but this one is not a podcast review. This one is a Google review from my girl, Sierra. 
This is what she said. She said, Brianne is phenomenal. We are approved for six breastfeeding consults with her through insurance. And I am so grateful. She is thorough, compassionate, incredibly kind. We are only two visits in and I've gained so much knowledge already. I feel confident that we, that we'll be able to work through the inevitable challenges of nursing with her help. Isn't that so great? And I have to tell you that since Sierra wrote this review, we've now met for four consults and it is just such a breath of fresh air to have multiple consults with my clients. I did so many years of only accepting self-pay, um, just because of the circumstances regarding the business that I was working with. Um, and you know, we just tried to fit so much into one consult. It would just be like, okay, here's everything. And we'd have long lists of all these things to do. And we'd be trying to follow up through email and it just was so tricky. So I just love this breath of fresh air of all these clients that I have now that are approved for six free consults from their insurance, because we can meet prenatally. We can meet before the problems begin. Um, even if it's after your baby is born. And if you end up needing something like body work for your baby or a revision done from a tongue or lip tie, we can meet before that. And after that, and oh my gosh, it just makes it so much easier for you to meet your lactation goals when we can meet together multiple times. So if you're wondering if your insurance covers free consults with me, just click the link in the show notes, or you can always go to breezybabies.com. If you either click on telehealth or in person, there's a little link that will take you to lactation network. They do all the billing for me and they will send you a simple email after you put in your information that either says, yes, you're approved or no, you're not. It is so, so easy. So go and check that out. Um, it would just make my day if you were approved for free lactation consults. So, all right, let's talk about the podcast episode topic now. <laughs> so low milk supply after first period. This is a message that I received on Instagram from one of my followers. It said, hi, exclamation point. <laughs> Can starting your period for the first time postpartum affect your milk supply? That was the question. And this podcast episode is going to answer that question. And the short answer is yes, it can affect your milk supply. Starting your period can affect your milk supply, but don't leave me quite yet. Don't turn off this podcast episode just quite yet because I am going to break it down a bit more. So before we jump into my top three tips, let's understand a few concepts bleeding, menstrual bleeding and ovulation are two different things. So here's what the La Leche League website has to say. They said experiencing a menstrual period does not mean that your menstrual cycle has returned permanently. And without an accurate clinical test, you won't know, you won't know whether or not you ovulated, um, which means releasing an egg and could potentially become a pregnant pregnant. So they go on to say this, you're more likely to ovulate and resume regular periods. If your baby is going for more than a few hours without breastfeeding, for instance, at night, and your baby is more than six months old. Okay. So what they're saying here 
um, as we are talking about this topic of milk and starting your period is that it's not very likely to happen with a young breastfeeding baby. Now it could happen. It's just not very likely. Um, once you start going long stretches between breastfeeding sessions at night, that's when you're more likely to start ovulating. Also, since, um, once your baby is older than six months old and has started eating solid foods, again, you are more likely to start ovulating. Okay. So let's keep learning here. The last part of what La Leche League says is most breastfeeding mothers will resume their periods between nine and 18 months after their baby's birth. Weaning your baby will almost certainly cause your menstrual cycle to return, but most people find that they do not need to wean in order for their cycle to gradually resume. Okay. So hopefully that helps to lay a solid foundation on what, on which we can build our knowledge together on this topic. So here we go. Let's jump into the top three tips for a low supply after your first period. So tip number one is, um, a dip is not a guarantee. <laughs> so there are many women who start bleeding and ovulating and not notice one tiny change with their milk supply. So this is not a blanket problem that everyone experiences. So if you're listening to this podcast before your first postpartum period starts, don't panic. Chances are you're going to be just fine. Keep on doing what you're doing. We'll cover more on this a little bit later, but first you might be wondering why do dips in milk supply happen in the first place? So here's what the Kelly mom website says. They say some women experience a drop in milk supply from ovulation mid cycle until the first day or two of the next menstrual period, a woman's blood calcium levels gradually decrease during this period of time. And for some women, the drop in blood calcium causes a drop in milk supply. Close quote. So this explains some things to us first. It explains that when you ovulate, your calcium levels drop. That drop can drop your supply. Again, it doesn't say that it will drop your supply. It says that it can drop your supply. So now we have low calcium levels. What can be done about this? Well, how about a calcium supplement? That's an option. It's an option. In fact, that I'm going to cover in tip number three. So hold on a minute, but for now, I want you to understand that a dip in your supply isn't even a guarantee. Okay. So now let's move on to tip number two, which is dips happen and you likely don't even need to do anything about it. So let's say that you do notice your supply has gone down a bit after starting your period again. Are you done for? Is your supply going to disappear? Likely no. Here's what you're going to do. If you do get a dip in your milk supply, you can just continue to breastfeed on demand through it and it likely will come back just fine. So what will this look like in real life? Let's say that your baby is six months old and has been feeding six times in 24 hours. That's their regular schedule or their regular pattern. I should say, I love to use the word pattern instead of schedule when it comes to babies. Cause just as soon as you think you have a really solid schedule nailed down, um, that's when, you know, 
something unexpected pops up. So, all right. So let's say the six month old baby has a routine of feeding six times in 24 hours. So if this is your baby, let's say that your period starts and suddenly out of nowhere, your baby wants to eat eight times in 24 hours. Fine. Do it. That extra stimulation will tell your body more milk, which will boost supply. Now it might take a few days, but guess what? Now your supply is back to where it was before your period started. So if you do need an extra little boost, just put your baby to the breast more often. Another option is you can do some power pumping or pump after your baby eats. And that can be a helpful bridge to get you through to the other side for when your period is over. Remember, anytime you remove more milk, you tell your body to make more milk. Bonus tip here. If your supply is just fine, there are some other changes that I want to give you a heads up about. So listen to what La Leche League has to say about some changes that can happen with breastfeeding during your period. So they say it is common to have a drop in supply at certain points in your cycle, often from mid cycle to around the time of your period. It can also be less comfortable to nurse at this time. This is due to hormonal changes and is only temporary. Close quote. So what does this tell us? If you notice that breastfeeding is a bit more uncomfortable, suddenly, unexpectedly, and it's around the time that you're ovulating, your period is starting. This is why it is from hormonal changes. And guess what? lucky for you, it is temporary. (laughs) So there you have it. Okay. Tip number three is there is extra help if you need it. Now, the main thing that I want to focus on with this tip is a calcium and magnesium supplement. Now you can go ahead and Google the recommended amount to supplement with calcium and magnesium if you want because I'm not going to mention the exact dosage here on this podcast, because I cannot prescribe as an IBCLC. And truly, I believe that personalized care is always better than getting a plan of care from a generalized Instagram post or a podcast episode. You deserve better than that. And as a lactation consultant, I do need to stay in my lane. Plus, did you know that when you book a consult with an IBCLC, we have to get your signature, your permission, a consent to treat. Imagine reaching out to a random doctor in the, on the internet and saying, Hey, I need help with this pain in my stomach. And what if he were to just spout off advice without even consulting with you and getting your permission and looking into your health history? He's putting his certification, his degree on the line. And it's the same with IBCLCs. We aren't serving you by responding to DMS on Instagram with a plan of care. Okay. I know that was a little off topic, but I just had to mention that. And of course you always know that this podcast is not medical advice. So let's get back to the calcium magnesium supplement topic. So if you think like me, you may be thinking at this point and wondering, okay, I get it. I get it. Brie. 
calcium levels drop during ovulation and I can take a supplement to increase those levels. Great. But why are we also including a magnesium supplement? Okay. That's a good question. It turns out that you need magnesium in order for your body to properly absorb calcium. Think of magnesium as the little vehicle that transports calcium into your body to get where it needs to be. It can't get to where it needs to be without that little vehicle. Okay. So we need both. We need the calcium and the magnesium together. So there is a generalized dosage of both calcium and magnesium, but it does include a range of recommended milligrams. Um, there's a range of, um, the recommended milligrams for calcium and for magnesium. So if you're wondering how much you need, this is what Kelly mom goes on to say. They say the amount of supplement depends on the composition of your diet. The more animal protein, the more calcium magnesium needed. If you are a vegetarian or vegan, the lower dosage may work fine for you. If you supplement more than 500 milligrams of calcium per day, then divide the dose. So you're not taking it all at once. Calcium absorption is best when a person consumes no more than 500 milligrams at one time. Okay. So again, you can see it's kind of not smart for me to hear, to sit here and give you a blanket statement of, Hey, everyone who's listening to this podcast, take this exact dosage of this supplement. Okay. That's not my place to do that. So of course, if you do need help work one-on-one with an IBCLC, once you give us that consent to give you advice, then we can help look into your health history and look at these things together and, um, come, um, together with what would be a smart supplement for you, or even see if a supplementation is necessary. Okay. So there is one more bit of good news before I wrap up this last tip right here. And it's that you probably don't need to take this calcium, magnesium, magnesium supplement all the time. It probably doesn't have to be every single day because a general recommend recommendation is to just take it at the start of your ovulation and through the first few days of ovulation. So there you have it. Um, let's review those top three tips for getting through a low milk supply after your first period. Tip number one is first off a dip is not a guarantee. Tip number two was dips happen and you likely don't even need to do anything about it. And tip number three is there is extra help if you find that you need it. I hope you're feeling a little bit more confident in this area. Of course, anything with this podcast, you take the information that works for you in your life. You can leave the rest. I love to hear what's working for you. Come show up in my DMS on Instagram, breezy babies, or you can email me Bree at breezybabies.com and let me know what's working for you, what you're loving topics that you would like to see on this podcast episode for future topics. And I just love hearing from you and being able to chat with you. So don't forget that you can check to see if your insurance covers free consults, then we can chat and meet face to face, whether it's in person or telehealth. I talk with families all over the world in my telehealth consultations. I hope that you have a great day today. 
just take a minute to take a deep breath in through your nose and not through your mouth. Sometimes I have to remind myself to take deep breaths as well and not hold my breath and be tight and tense. And also, do you know what? If you're able, spend a little bit of time outside today. Get some fresh air. If it's sunny where you live, go and soak that sunshine up. Of course, I want to leave you with you are strong, you are smart, you are beautiful, you're a good friend to all. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. 